Welcome back, Dr. Sean. I want to dive right into it today. You've been on the show numerous times, but inevitably, after every time you've been on the show, I get emails. Number one, Dr. Sean's an awesome dude. I, I just want to be surrounded by him all the time. That's what they say for the most part. But secondly, some people will then hit me up and be like, hey, he sounds smart. What is this active life thing? Can I learn more about it? So let's answer some questions for those people because I'm sick and tired of, of trying to answer those questions for them right from the horse's mouth. So first question, when did you found active life? Uh, officially, we launched to help the, the business side, the coaching side in 2018. We've been helping people get out of pain outside of the clinic in the way that we do it now since 2015. Our first seminar for coaches ever that we were sampling was back in 2015. We wanted to see what we could do. And it took us you know, two solid years before a real go-to-market seminar was ready. And to be clear, for one, I saw you probably in... I would put it, I mean, not just when I met you, but I'm saying when you actually worked on me, that was probably 12 or 13. So yeah, you've been helping people get out of pain for quite some time. And, and B, we don't have you on just because we love to hear your perspective, but because we truly believe in it. Fern follows what you're doing at his box, CrossFit Rife. I recommend you to plenty of boxes that in return tell me, thank you so much. I'm either helping more people, I'm making more money, or obviously a nice combination of both. So you've, you've been around for a while and you've kind of evolved over the years, but I think the real topic that I want to touch upon today is your pro path. So your pro path is kind of like what the platinum, the black card, the, the hmm. all inclusive. Tell me a little more. Give me the 30 second to one minute elevator pitch so I can ask you more questions about it. So I've been helping people get out of pain since 2009. That's when I graduated chiropractic school. I've been in the CrossFit world since 2010 when I joined CrossFit Garden City. I've owned my own affiliate since 2011. I no longer own affiliate. Oh, I own a gym again, but not a CrossFit gym. So the, the 30,000 foot view in 30 seconds of what the pro path is, is that we believe the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym. And that the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. And what we mean by that is people are dealing with aches and pains, weight loss issues, emotional pain, that they're just resigned to having to keep. They think it's theirs to keep. And they've tried the gym of the current. And it hasn't worked. And the reason why it hasn't worked is because there isn't enough specialized training to ensure a high level of certainty that they are actually going to get their results, that are uniquely their results, anywhere. And so we felt like there needs to be a better solution to that. The biggest thing that we're able to do with gyms that other places are not is getting clients out of pain without going to the doctor and without giving up their active lifestyle. The days of working out around it need to be gone. The days of scaling so you don't have to touch on it should be gone. The days of a member rowing every day when everybody else in the gym is running because of knee pain 
should be gone. What is the plan to get that person off of the rower and back onto the street? Because the doctor isn't doing it. It's not inside of their scope, frankly. And the gym isn't doing it. The coach isn't doing it. So it becomes a thing that falls through the crack and it becomes the story that the member tells themselves. I have a bad knee. I have a bad back. And nobody fixes it. And we believe that that's the job of the coach. They just don't have the education yet. So we're providing it. So let me ask you a two-part question. If a, if a box owner or a coach is listening, what percentage of affiliates or gyms around the world would you say have an injured athlete? 100. 100%. What's, what's the most common thing? So coaches or box owners that are listening to this and say, no, 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 Sean's wrong. It's 99%. It's not me. What are some right. of the injuries they may not be aware of or they should look out for? For example, when I, when I was first started coaching, the shoulders were always hurt, especially on women, because my bad, I was having them do kipping before they had the strength to do it. So is that still common? Or are there other more common things that you see? The reason why people don't think that there are problems in their gym is twofold. One, they're not asking enough questions. So they don't actually get the opportunity to find out. And two, when they are asking enough questions, they are associating aches and pains that people came in with as not my problem, not my fault. It is not your fault that they came into your gym with those problems. You do not have to be able to get rid of those problems. But would you like to be able to get rid of those problems? That's the question. You know, it's, it's the age old, my member joined the gym because he, she wanted to lose 30 pounds. And we convinced him, her, that they shouldn't focus on the weight, but the performance goals, and that then the weight would come off. And now two years later, that same member still has not lost the weight. They've hit performance goal after performance goal after performance goal. And what happens is the gym owner, the coach, starts to look at those two things, performance goals and aesthetic goals or body weight goals as binary, only one can happen when it's, it's not true. If you ask the person who is now thinking in performance mindset, would you also like to lose 20 pounds? You can have all of the performance goals. Would it be cool if you also lost 20 pounds or is that unimportant to you? Largely, they are either going to say, no, that would be amazing. And very, very, very seldomly will they say, ah, it's not really that important to me anymore. And I would argue that a large percentage of the people who say that say it because it's easier to bury the pain associated with being unable to achieve their goals than to speak about how they feel about not being able to achieve them. 100% agreed with you. So if someone's listening and say, okay, Sean's right. I probably do have some injured athletes. I probably have some athletes that have deeper goals. I want to help them. Tell me more about how the ProPath sets them in that direction and what it's all about. Well, like I was saying before, it's, we believe that the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym. 
And we believe that the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. And we do not believe that that is the current state of the gym business. We do not believe that most coaches are the healthcare provider of the future. And we do not believe that most gyms, or excuse me, of the current. And we do not believe that most gyms are the healthcare clinic of the current. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to unpack what that means and what those are. When people go to medical school to become doctors, they do not only go because they love helping people. They go because they love helping people and important, there's an and here. There is a high level of certainty that they are going to gain skills in that school that will afford them financial income that they can depend on for the rest of their lives. So they go to school for two years, depending on what they're getting as a degree, right? Massage, chiropractic, physical therapy, medical doctor, GP, surgeon, anywhere from two years up to 11 years. When you include cutting their teeth in their internships and their residencies, you're looking at you know, a decade in some cases of people dedicating their lives to gaining the necessary skills to earn an income. Most people who open a gym, if you ask them, they don't talk about the ability to earn financially. They talk about the ability to continue to pursue their passions and help people. What happens there is we run into a situation where it's not worth it to invest heavily financially in your skills, in your ability to serve a larger demographic in a deeper way, because there is no likelihood of financial return on the other side. So people don't do it. The healthcare clinic has a financial return. Most people who go into medical school of any sort, when I say medical school now, I'm talking about professional school. They do it because they want to have a lifestyle that is rooted in helping people. When we open gyms, we just think about helping people get fitter. We forget about the money. And then we wear it like, oh, I'm not in this for the money. Well, then literally members come for free. It's almost like a badge of honor. And I, yes. I mean, it's, a, it's one of those stories that we tell ourselves. Like, oh, I'm a coach. Yes. I'm never going to make a lot. And I told that story to myself for years. And knowing you now and knowing some of the boxes and people you've worked with, I think it's far more lucrative to become a good coach with good credentials and work with someone like you than to become a doctor. I really think long-term, over the course of your life, you're going to make more money and have more fun and be less stressed. You, you might. I mean, you, you're not going to, the reality is this. You are not going to make a surgeon salary as a fitness professional. You're just not. The difference is the salary that the surgeon is earning is in exchange for solving problems the size that only a surgeon can solve. You're not taking a needle and thread to somebody's heart. And, and look, that's fine. But you also put 11 years of very expensive school. Yes. Yes. I, this, my hypothesis, and we'll never know, well, I don't want to say never. If I would have known you, if you would have been in business in 2007 when I opened, I would have been making 500 grand a year. 
because I know what I, I know what I wound up making without you, and knowing what you could have added to my bottom dollar, I would have been making a half a million dollars as a CrossFit affiliate owner. I know that sounds preposterous, well, but I was making nearly half of that just as a box owner. You you might have been. Um, the reality is, why won't you let me give you a compliment, Doctor Sean? Why don't you just accept my compliment? Because because it insinuates that you would execute at a five hundred thousand dollar level, and and maybe you would. But what I, what I want to avoid people hearing from from this is, if I sign up with Doctor Sean and his team, I'm going to get rich. Fair you enough. Might. You you, you need to. It takes more than just signing up with you. That's for sure. But I'm yeah. I, I I've seen enough people that are currently working with you to know what they're doing. We have mutual friends who work with you making over six figures, not as a box owner, as a coach, multiple people. That's where it should be. If, if, if we can get the coach to making six figures a year, all of a sudden it's a career worth investing in. How many, and, and I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but how many coaches would you say that have worked with you are making six figures? I have no idea. That should, that's an we, important. We need to. Yeah, you we should know to, that. We need to better track that. I don't know the answer though. I know at least two. How's that? You have at least two. <laughs> Great. Good to know. Thank you. The, the key for us is this. We see it as a situation in which there is a major problem that, frankly, only gyms and only coaches can solve. But they haven't been thinking about it because people tell them to think about different things. And what I mean by that is if you think about a CrossFit gym, the scope of things that it could help you with is like it's insane, right? It could help get rid of type two diabetes. It could help getting rid of hypertension. It could help getting rid of back pain. It could help. It could. It could. But too often it doesn't. And the question is, why doesn't it? Well, because it is focused on being generally good for generally everybody. And the model is such that if I'm joining the gym because I have some old shoulder stuff from playing baseball in high school and I want to get stronger and get my shoulder pain gone and you're joining because you want to lose 30 pounds and we're doing the same workout every day, the likelihood of us both getting to our goal in a reasonable amount of time is low. It's low. Either one of us will get there fast and the other one won't get there at all, or neither of us get there in any kind of a reasonable amount of time. And the way we see that is it's, this is the, the magical, elegant solution that solves all of the problems by accident. Right? Like it's, it's so good that all of these problems get solved by accident. And in part, I believe that that is CrossFit's downfall, is it is that good, that it does solve those problems by accident over and over and over and over again. And then gym owners are able to look to that example and turn it into their rule instead of their outlier, which is what it really is. For every member in your gym who's lost 50 pounds or 100 pounds, there is probably another one who hasn't lost any who wants to. For every member in your gym who has low back pain that went away because they got stronger, there is probably two 
who have actually increased their low back pain since joining your gym. But it's easier to look at the ones that are successful and say, we're doing a great job. Anybody can get these results. And what I believe is that from having, by the way, been in clinic, seeing patients for the better part of a decade and owning a gym for seven of those years and being a personal trainer for the last 16 years, what I have seen is that fitness professionals, coaches, personal trainers, gym owners, we have been relegated to the kids' table. And the reason why I allowed my clinical license to lapse and no longer practice seeing patients is because I didn't believe that anybody from outside of the grown-up table was going to walk over to the kids' table and say, hey, you're supposed to sit over there. There's a chair for you. You just need to get up, walk over, and sit in it. And what happens is, when I say the kids' table and the grown-up table, what I'm describing is, if you've ever been to a holiday dinner where there's the kids' tables over here and the adult table is over here, the conversations happening at the adult table are the conversations that doctors are having with their patients. The conversations happening at the kids' table are conversations that coaches are having with their clients. And I'm generalizing. What I mean by that, though, is people don't download an app and buy a pair of shoes to get rid of their diabetes, to get rid of their shoulder pain. They go to the doctor. When people want to lose weight, they're making a decision. Do I want to spend this money to go to a gym or do I want to just buy shoes and run every day? We're solving problems better than the running shoes and the street does. But we're not solving them well enough or consistently enough or enough problems to be having the adult conversation. And if you talk to doctors, they will tell you they need coaches. They need the gym business to be a better bridge that they can gap for their patients. Because physical therapy and chiropractic, I can tell you this from experience, Insurance companies stop paying you once your patient can wipe their own ass and change the channel. It's called activities of daily living. Once your patient can perform activities of daily living, they release the patient and stop paying for their service. So the schools know this. They train the doctors to restore activities of daily living and to document it. Burpees pull-ups, thrusters, muscle-ups, back squats, deadlifts, kettlebell swings, running, do not classify as activities of daily living. So people are coming out of surgery, getting their rehab done, and then being told, all right, ease into it, buddy. And then they come to you and you're not sure what to do about it. We need to do better much better. And the market for it is huge. It is huge. It's bigger than weight loss. Yeah. Somebody that's been sitting at the kid's table their entire life. I totally agree with that analogy there. And, you know, recently seen it firsthand. My father's a retired dentist, you know, doctor, and my stepmother got diagnosed with high cholesterol. 
And he's like, you'll go on Lipitor and you'll do this and this. And I was like, hold on a sec. You know, I know a little bit about this. Let's make some tweaks. Went back to the doctor, fully in check, doesn't need to go on any medication. Obviously that was a little more nutrition based, but it's no different when it comes to the physical aspect of the body as well. Now, in this pro path, will they learn all of those? Will, will coaches learn the, the proper techniques, the, what they can do to, to make this happen and how to have those you know, big table conversations? So somewhat. So in the first year, we teach them the musculoskeletal problem, how to address, communicate, and solve these at a price point that provides the financial freedom. In the second year, that's when we start talking about things like higher level. Now, that's when we start talking about how to work with somebody who has an inflammatory disease process. What do you do when a member with lupus walks into your gym? The reality is right now they probably won't because they know you don't know what to do. But if you knew how to market to them and tell them that you knew what to do, they would come. What do you do when a member of yours who has MS comes to the gym? How do you handle them differently? What do you do when somebody who has a hip replacement comes to your gym? What's different about the way that they need to train as compared to the way that anybody else needs to train? These are things that most coaches don't know right now. In the first year, the thing that we help with the most is dealing with what is the most prevalent already in the gym. That is not diabetes. It is not hypertension. It is not lupus. It is not MS, right? It's not diastasis. It is, well, my back hurts a little bit. My knee's been bothering me. Oh, since high school. I got this shoulder thing, this rotocuff, right? That's the stuff that we teach the coaches to solve first because it already exists in the gym. And frankly, it doesn't take a weekend to learn how to fix it. It takes a year at least to be able to service the coach's scope for this problem. And, co and gym owners are not going to be comfortable selling that they can fix this and marking that they can do this until we've proven that they can do it. So the reason that we spend the whole first year on solving, identifying, communicating, solving, and selling musculoskeletal pain is because all sales are the same, and it just comes down to the confidence to actually solve the problem before you're willing to sell the solution to it. So in year two, we're going to be diving into much more of the organic issues, the higher level musculoskeletal issues like post-surgical and joint replacement. And by the way, when I say post-surgical, I mean post-surgical rehab. You're not taking over the rehab for the physical therapist. And the idea is just to, we have to bridge the gap between an average of four years of school for a medical professional after college and a weekend. We have to bridge that gap if we want to be taken seriously. Yeah, and I mean, as someone who's been involved in the personal training industry my entire life, that's what it is, right? It's a weekend, it's eight hours. And I think 
you're absolutely right. If we're ever going to be confident and competent enough to do this, we need to be willing to dedicate more than a weekend to it. And of course, along with that, more time is going to be more money out of pocket, but no doubt they're going to earn that back. And I want to ask you a little bit about that. I know you got to get moving. What's it going to take though? You mentioned, you know, no one's coming to the gym with MS or lupus, et cetera, because they know that's not where you fix it. What's it going to take for gyms to become that where, where mom is like, I got MS. I'm going to reach out to a gym versus my doctor. Consistency. And by the way, they're, they're, the gym is never going to fix the MS or the lupus. I say never. Sure. Probably sure. not in my lifetime. But, but it, it will it, help with the secondary. Everything and, else. Yeah. 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 So what's it going to take? I, I frankly find it very difficult to believe that that is ever going to happen inside of a gym that also does a million other things. Unless if that gym is thought of in a more clinical light in its town, people are not going to go there for a more clinical problem set, which pays better and is more in need. There are an abundance of places people can go to get fit. Clinical, when I say clinical, I mean the remediation of a real problem and then the, the continuation of that remediation. That doesn't exist. It's doctor's office, physical therapy or Cairo, ease back into it, buddy. It really is. We need, I mean, we, need, we need something in between. And that in between can be the way they train for the rest of their lives. So we, I mean, at Active Life, we, we've talked about this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, how do, we, how do we help gyms market who know what we know? We know what we've taught them. And we've just landed on the idea that we are ultimately moving towards a franchise model. Oh, you've made the decision. Yeah. And you don't have to go the franchise route with us. Right. You could do any of these programs we've discussed without committing to franchising with active life. But that is certainly, in my opinion, knowing you and knowing the market, what people will eventually be Googling. Yeah. and, and, And the thing is this, Jason. The problem with most franchises and most affiliates right now is that they get their, their accreditation the same way that the coach gets theirs. They, they pull out their credit card and they buy it. And then maybe they have to go to like a week-long training or whatever it is. For us, we want to spend at least a year with you before we decide if it makes sense for you to put our logo on your building. And we think that it's going to take you at least the same amount of time. And so well, we are... Well, that's the same thing people complained about CrossFit for so many years. Hey, anybody can go to a weekend, get their level one and pay an affiliate fee where you're saying, we hear you and we're going to make sure only the right people have active life on their doors. Yes. And, and it's going to take them at least a year to earn that right. And at the end of the year on the pro path that they do the first year of when they're ready to be the healthcare clinic of the future, they don't have to decide to franchise or leave us. We're still going to continue coaching gyms who do not become active life franchises. And we know that because we believe the problem needs to be solved. The difference is just we won't protect the territory for you. You can't hang our name and our marketing is not going to serve you. Fair enough. But you're saying, hey, you want to stay CrossFit. You know, you like the direction it's going again. You still want people ask us all the time, you know, outside of the level one, two and three, where should I go? And I'm like, check out other courses. All right. I know you got to get mo- moving. Give me, okay. if, you're, I got five g- minutes. if you're willing to, 
someone signs up for the pro path, what are some of the biggest numbers you've seen directly associated with them signing up? They, you know, the shared num uh, names or affiliates, but do you mind sharing yeah, a couple? I, I get it. No, I don't mind sharing, but I want to, I want to do it with a disclaimer. What? I throw you so many just softballs. I know you, you throw me. That's softballs, what I like but, about but, you. You're but, very but I have honest. To, I have to be honest because the mistake that I've seen so many companies make is they make these promises or they, 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 they run with their best examples ever. And then people are like, I'm doing well, but they're not happy because they thought they were going to be the best example ever. So I will tell you the best examples ever. And then I will tell you all the way down the line. We recently had a gym owner in Fargo, North Dakota, sign up average household income, $46,000. The trainer who I'm about to tell you about told the coach, the owner, if you ever ask me to sell personal training or a small group, I will quit. They signed up for the pro path anyway. And that trainer, that coach, sold $25,000 himself in the first week of the program without any ads, without any additional resources, except a little bit of knowledge. And the gym in total, I think, sold $30,000 in that first week. We've had people from Windsor, Canada, which is the unemployment capital of Canada, sitting in a chair here at our office in Long Beach, do little social media plays that we've taught them without an ad and generate $18,000 from their seat. We've seen gyms go from making $16,000 a month with 5% profit to $27,000 a month and 20% profit. And they're happy with that. And I've told them, you shouldn't be. You're a gym, not Coca-Cola. 20% profit doesn't work when your gym only generates $400,000 a year. You need to be at 40% profit. And that doesn't mean your coaches need to make less. It means your gym needs to make more. And so do your coaches. The most common thing that we're looking for with a gym that comes in is not that they get to those kinds of numbers fast. It is that they are able to make their investment in us back within their first month of working with us so that they can stop thinking about the money and start thinking about the process and the future. We aim to make you your money back in your first month working with us so that money is no longer the thing you need to think about. And when that doesn't happen, and it has, we will have the conversation with you about whether or not this was a good decision for you or not. And if it wasn't, we frequently will let you out. The only times that we don't let people out is when the reason it hasn't worked is they have decided not to execute what they want to. And then we help them with whatever it was that we missed on in the first place so they can. And to be clear, you're saying you're making the entire cost of the year program in your the first monthly month. Cost. The yeah. monthly cost. Right. So do you have a rough guess about how many people that actually execute, what percentage hits that number? These are things that we're looking to start collecting from gyms now. My best guess- If you need me to come to Long Beach and you know, run this You might company. have to come do some numbers for us. <laughs> my, my best guess is that we're somewhere between 70 and 80% on that. Pretty high, you know, seven or eight out of every 10 gyms that sign up for you cover the cost within their first month. Yes, that's my yeah. guess. 
and and it sounds like a majority of those are not just covering the cost, but oh no no no, exceeding it substantially. Yes. All right, Sean. Well, I'll let you get moving. If people want to learn more, I'll have them reach out. They can reach out to me, and of course, check you out everywhere. Should we still call you doctor if we if you let your credential run? I'm feeling like maybe you can call me whatever you want, Jason. <laughs> I'm just so used to calling you Doctor Sean, so um, I'll, I'll keep that. But you might want to consider changing your Instagram handle. You might not get verified. You might not get verified yeah. <laughs> otherwise. But, yeah. you know, obviously we can talk about so many things with you, the, the current state of CrossFit and so many other things. But this was really, I just wanted to help answer some, Fern and I do this for the gyms. You know, we do it for the community. And I hope that the listeners know we wouldn't have anyone on. Fern, and, and Fern is not getting anything handed to him for free, by the way. Fern paid no. you to, to do this. So, you know, I think people should be trusting in that. Like, you know, like they say about the hair club, right? We're not only, a, you know, a, the president, we're a client too. Luckily, we, you and I don't have to worry about that. But, you know, we only have people on numerous times like you that we truly trust, consider a friend, et cetera. So thanks again for popping on real quick, Sean, and uh, we'll let you get going. All right. Anytime, Jason. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, Day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at bestHourOfTheirDay. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.